0: You are listening to Reach mdxm 233 the channel for medical professionals, and we're talking about giving patients the pink slip, firing unreasonable patients from your practice. As a good friend who's a gardener once said to me, if you clean out the weeds, the roses look even more wonderful. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Dr. Ken Beer, a dermatologist in private practice in Palm Beach, Florida, who's spoken extensively on the subject of medical practice management courses. Welcome, Ken. Thank you. Thank you for having me. There are some legal ramifications to firing a patient. You have to do it in an appropriate way. Can you walk us through the process of what you have to do so you don't get in trouble with abandonment?
1: Absolutely. The real risk is that, number one, when you fire somebody, you don't want to be in violation of any state or federal laws with respect to abandoning a patient. And that means that you need to follow guidelines. Typically, they require you to send a letter to the patient saying that you will provide emergency care care for them for the next 30 days so that whatever emerging condition arises, the patient still has continuity of care. However, after the 31st day, they are to seek the services of another physician. Once you provide that notification, most of the time you're pretty well cleared. Obviously, You don't want to just pitch them, but you also are not obligated in any shape or form to say, I want you to go see Dr. Jones three blocks away. We send a letter that says, we would like you to seek the care of another physician. You have 30 days of emergency care. Many physicians are able to be located through the yellow pages sincerely, Kenneth B.RMD.
0: Now this letter has to go registered return receipt. How's that?
1: We typically send them registered return receipt so that we have documentation that we have not abandoned the patient.
0: And I've done this on occasion, and the patient refuses to sign and the letter comes back. Would you just stick it in their file or send them another one?
1: We put it in their file, and in that instance we'll document that we've made every reasonable effort to do it and we will then send them a regular letter, which is not certified, and make a notation that we've done that as well.
0: Do you ever, before you fire a patient, discuss it face-to-face with them and and talk to them about it?
1: Typically not, because I used to do that, and I would, when I first started practice, I tried to figure out what was wrong with me that I was not able to Reach into myself and find the ability to deal with a given individual. And, and, you know, what was wrong with my communications ability? Why couldn't I interact with them in a positive manner? And I used to call them and, and try and thrash it through. And after a while, I realized, you know what? Number one, it may not be me. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Number two, once you've gotten to the point where you're Really ready to be done with an individual, no matter what you say or do, it's not going to salvage it. And you know, there are enough patients for most physicians, and there are enough physicians for most patients. So, I don't like to invest the time in people that are a losing proposition. I'd rather try and focus in on being positive for the patients that I continue to care for.
0: I think that that's that's very wise. Let me ask you another scenario. You see a new patient on an initial consultation. You've done your history, and you decide at that moment that patient just isn't going to fit in your practice or there's trouble ahead. Are you within your rights not to accept the patient at that point? What, what What are the legal ramifications then?
1: This is a very complicated and difficult question, and by no means am I an attorney, but the physician-patient relationship can be construed to be initiated with the phone call that begins making an appointment. So you incur some obligations before the patient walks in your room, let alone when they've crossed the threshold into an examination room. So as far as I'm concerned, when they're in the examination room, they're an existing patient. So, you know, in my practice, if for whatever reason we don't seem to be getting along, you know, the first patient that I see, if if there's some frictional thing, I'll try and explore it and perhaps try and resolve it. Usually that is helpful. But if they're just outrageously noncompliant or belligerent or inappropriate, then we'll say, look. We are going to probably not get along. Doesn't make you a bad person, but it's not going to be a productive thing. I think you would be best served by seeing another physician. We'll send them the letter seeing them for thirty days. And you know, I can think of two recent examples. One of them was a very, very senior military person who was referred to me by Walter Reed to take care of a you know, a very complicated skin cancer and he was, you know, very, very senior. I mean, very senior and very authoritative. And I said to him that this is what he needed to have done for this unusual type of skin cancer. And he looked at me, he goes, no, I'm getting radiation. And I looked at him, I said, general, I got to tell you, this is a different specialty than what you're used to. And in this office, you know, it's either going to be my way Or it's not going to work out because radiation is not going to work for you. And when it fails, I'm going to have to clean up the mess. And so, if you want to proceed with that, I don't want to be a party to it. And I'm happy to, you know, provide you help in finding somebody that will, but, you know, it's not something that I feel in my heart is going to be good for you. And he looked at me for a long time and I called his referring doctor and I said, look, I think that you're going to get a mouthful from this guy because I was very forthright with him. And I think he's going to go elsewhere. And to my surprise, the general came back and said, I agree with you. I don't think he was used to anybody speaking to him in any sort of authoritative manner. He and I got to be really good friends. And so in that instance, the initial visit, although negative, turned out to be fairly positive. And I cared for him for years. More recently, I had a a woman come to me that had been seen by another dermatologist for a skin cancer problem, but she refused to tell me what was done. She refused to name the dermatologist. She had said that she'd been to several, but she had heard that I was the, you know, person to see in my area and wanted to come to me. But she was absolutely non compliant and not able to give me any information. You know, we kept trying to figure out what to do with her and after a while She was becoming belligerent and not at all able to contribute to her health care. And I finally, after wasting a significant amount of time, looked at her and I said, this is not the right office for you. I can't help you. And in that instance, from the outset, we tried to salvage it, but it just wasn't going to happen. Similar initial encounters, different outcomes, and I think each doctor has to sort of feel their way.
0: You are listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and we're talking to Dr. Ken Beer today, a dermatologist in private practice, about getting rid of patients that don't belong in your practice, giving them the pink slip. The lady who left, did you send a letter following up on her after she left like that?
1: We did. I believe that she has a significant medical problem but she would not in any way let me investigate it or help her. And so we sent her a certified letter letting her know that we were firing her from the practice and giving her the opportunity to spend 30 days in the event of an emergency seeking our care. You know, I can't really help somebody that won't give me
0: any background. Let me ask you another question. You have a patient that you're about to fire, and the patient has a significant balance in your office. After you fire them, can you still send them bills for the balance?
1: Sure. There's no reason why firing them in any way, shape, or form mitigates their financial obligation for services rendered. Now, you can choose to do the calculation as to whether putting them in collections or continuing to send them bills will inflame an already volatile situation, and whether the risk of their filing a complaint with the state or county because of that is worth the financial amount, that's a sort of case-by-case basis. Sometimes we do put patients in collections simply because they just don't feel like paying their bills. Patients can do what they want, so any patient can file a complaint for any reason doesn't mean that it's going to play out and there will be anything such as probable cause and certainly any given individual as a physician doesn't want to go before state or county medical board but you know Just because you terminate the relationship doesn't mean you shouldn't get paid for the time you've invested.
0: Right. I think what you said is key. You have to weigh it out. You may be right, but the aggravation of proving that you're right may not be worth the effort to you. Do you ever take a patient back who's seen the error of their ways and apologizes?
1: I've done it a few times. Uh, I try not to, but I have done it twice that I recall. It used to happen more frequently Before about five years ago, when we realized that after a year or two, we had a lot of what we refer to as bounce backs, and those are people that threatened to take their, quote, business elsewhere, realized that most of the time they were already in a practice that really cared about them, and after they shopped around, came back. What we did 5 years ago was we made electronic notes in their records so that they couldn't bounce back and that eliminated most of it. Recently, you know, I guess over the past few years, I've had two people that called the office and spoke to my administrator and basically laid out their case and in two instances we did take them back and it worked out fine. Typically we don't take people back.
0: Okay, now here's here's the other tough question. Are there any times when you've ever had a problem patient that you don't let go of because you just know it's more of a problem to let go of them than to hold hold on to them?
1: Unfortunately, I have done that. I think we all do because the devil you know sometimes is better than the devil you don't. And if you have somebody and and sometimes they can be in dermatology, the neurotic excoriation and GI, I guess the irritable bowel. Every specialty has them and they can be very difficult and you sometimes would like to fire them but you realize that if you do that you're you know doing it and they may cause more of a problem from the outside for the practice that is they can badmouth you to friends and colleagues they can create all kinds of aggravation for the practice or the other aspect is you know they may not be bad people that may just have Neurologic or psychiatric issues that you may be equipped to help them with. And so, even though they're very difficult emotionally and, you know, disproportionate time consumers,
0: you may be able to help them. And,
1: you know, sometimes you may want to keep them.
0: I think it all depends upon balance.
1: It does. And it also depends on the patient's intent and attitude. So, if they're difficult, but they you know, they're not intentionally difficult. It's a different category to me than if they're belligerent or
0: abrasive. right. And the last question is, do you help the patients find a new doctor that you fired?
1: That's a great question. We do not. And that's a question that's often asked of me. I don't. And I don't for a variety of reasons. Number one, if you're booting somebody, you know they're bad news. Why would you send them to one of your friends? Number two, to the extent that you send them to somebody and that person gives them a bad outcome, misses a melanoma, perfs a colon on a colonoscopy, whatever the case is, have you contributed to the liability because you've somewhat selected their health care. So I don't want any culpability. I refer them to the yellow pages and let them draw their own conclusion.
0: And I think all your suggestions have been great today about how we can make our practices better, make our patients happier. And I want to thank Dr. Ken Beer, who's been with us today, sharing how and why we should and can terminate the doctor-patient relationship with those few really bad apples in our practices. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. We really value your questions, and we really welcome suggestions for future shows. Send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and we thank you for listening.